Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, into hour number three on this Monday night, our first uh, off-season show. You get these, you have an iPhone? I do not have an iPhone, I have a Droid. Yeah, maybe you're lucky. Do you get these these updates constantly that go on on the phone? Every two seconds. What kind of update are you getting? Software updates. The, oh, the software is updated. You got to update your software every two seconds with Apple. So you don't have that issue with no, the Droid? No, I don't have that issue. Once a month or so, there'll be some kind of software update. I send it for like 5 o'clock in the morning when there's no chance I'm awake, and uh, you know I never have to deal with it. It's just it nonstop. And now I'm going How's to your use- screen look, Sal? It's uh, right it, now. It's, it's intact. Dead. Right now, it's oh yeah. You mean as far as like being cracked or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah, I've dropped it a couple of times. How too. many times have you had to replace your screen with a, an Apple? Phone? Never. Now, I lost my phone what? once, but luckily enough, the guy who found it. You never cracked the screen? No. Wow. You? Well, I, I, everyone I know that has a, an iPhone has had multiple times uh, fixing the. Uh, no, the I've screen. never. I've never cracked the screen. Now, Baboots and I got an argument uh, a few weeks ago about this. Wait, what, what you got, Baboots? Well, no, no, no. It's not. Ha- more or less to do about the phone, but this is twice now in two days where you're coming off uh, a little smug. You were taking shots at my Giants and their defense because your Jets yeah, defense have won two stunk. games in a row, and now you think you're like almighty because you have a droid <laughs> over someone else that has <laughs> an I iPhone? I got better glass. I got better glass than you guys. Are you kidding me? No, the glass is better. Is that true? Yeah, it's Gorilla Glass. It doesn't break. Mm. All very, right. very difficult to break the glass of a droid. My, my fiance, her phone right now, uh, iPhone, spider webs, spider webs all over the phone. Yeah, I can't. I yeah, don't know how people iPhone. deal with that. There are a lot of people who can can function like that. I can't believe that you have a broken one. But boots, how many times have you broken your screen? Maybe once when I was younger, but That's recently, you know, you get the case, you get the protective case. My friend you put the once, screen protector over, and you're good. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. It's just bad luck. My friend once, literally, at a bar we were watching football, and he was a little inebriated. Took his iPhone because you're talking about cracking case and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have a case. Flipped it over the back of his shoulder, like threw it in the air, flipped it far back, and nothing happened to it. Really? So I think it's just random bad luck, depending on how it falls, what angle, maybe. But no, I've never had an issue with that. Mark, you have a you have a say in this? I've never broken a phone. <laughs> never broken a phone. Wow. Some Have you lost a phone people. at all? I did lose my phone in Mexico once. So just it, forgot it there or you actually lost it? No, I lost it. I think it fell out of my uh, shorts. I was wearing different kinds of shorts yeah. that sat different. So when I sat down, Comes I believe out the it, pocket. it. Yes, because it happened to me later in life with those same shorts. I don't wear those shorts anymore because <laughs> for whatever reason, the phone won't stay in those shorts. It just seems to pop out when I'm sitting down. So, yeah, Mexico is not a good place to lose your phone because you're not getting it back. So you never got it back. No, that was uh, the game over. I had to, had to downgrade to an older phone, which is terrible. I mean, that's you don't want to be downgrading in life in general, uh, especially not with the contraption that you use more than anything else in the world. And then, you know, I had to eat it because I don't buy insurance on anything. So, yeah, well, uh, who would buy insurance on it? I mean, the phone's no. expensive enough. You're not going to buy insurance. Once in my life, I lost it. I was just, I was out and drinking, of course, and I was. it was Halloween, I think. The night before Halloween, I was wearing my Dr. Evil costume, so of course the Dr. pants- Dr. Evil? Yeah. I, it's I a, could see it. A natural fit, yeah. <laughs> Herbert, no, Pete. But anyway, the pants, <laughs> it slipped out because the pants were so loose in the pockets. It was in a cab. Somebody found it. I ended up you know, tracking the phone down, and the guy had it, gave him 60 bucks. I mean, we talked about that, actually, with the uh, boots last week, I think it was, because somebody found some money in return. Anyway, that was the one time that I oh, did that's that. that's nice. I yeah. lost my wallet once, and uh, it, I did get it back. Someone dropped it off at the local police station, but the Metro card and the cash was oh, all gone. Oh, man. But it's still 
a win. <laughs> it's still a win because I, I don't want to have to get my yeah. driver's license again and re-getting you credit pay, cards. Right, you pay and to have that. I had eaten like, you know, nine sandwiches at 99 uh, miles to Philly. I just needed one more <laughs> to punch it through. Like, I got all of that stuff back. So that was... That was good, but the the cash in the Metro card gone. All right, I have not, a qu- not shocking. I have a question for you. This has nothing to do with losing phones or anything like that. Maybe maybe losing games. You were talking before about being a Jet fan and rooting against your Jets. It's been very strange. Uh, don't you think that it's exciting as a fan when everybody's picking against your team? Oh, and sixteen, one and fifteen. There's a part of enjoyment as being a fan to where you're showing, you're proving the people, the naysayers, that you're better than that. The team's playing hard. Some young guys, the crowd's pumped up. Everybody when it playing some sound football. Aren't you excited about that? And no. you are you're the opposite. You no, tell me I, you're rooting again. You're rooting for the Jags to score. I I uh, against the Dolphins. I don't like the Dolphins. I enjoyed that one. I, I enjoyed. It. I was like, oh, the Jets won a game. Like that's kind of cute. At least they win one. Uh, I was fine with 0 16. But all right. But if you're going to beat anybody, beat the Dolphins. I'd rather beat the Dolphins than the Patriots. I'm not. Wow. I, I can't deal with the Dolphins. Uh, Dan Any Marino, particular reason? Okay. Uh, Broke your heart as a kid, Marino? You know, there might have been a play in there that yeah, right. gets shown every 40 seconds on the freaking TV that uh, <laughs> sticks in my craw a little bit. But anyway, um, but yesterday against the Jaguars, I was not rooting for the Jets at all. Uh, you know, they, they made a big play to Robbie Anderson. I was like, okay. It's like, how are they going to Jets this? I mean, they got to screw us up somehow. And then they throw the backwards pass oh, to Miles Jackson in the end me. zone. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. I know this. I know this feeling. And then McCown throws the interception. I'm like, ah, oh, here it is. Like, I saw it coming all the way. I'm okay with this now. It was very freeing. I didn't have to stress over the Jets letting a two-score lead in the fourth quarter get away when they had the ball down at the 17-yard line of their opponent. And at that point, it's like, all right, Jaguars punch it in, win the game. Fournette uh, takes it in for 23 yards. Coming and back. then it's a flag, yeah. and it's coming back. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Dude. Just punch this thing in. And Bortles is terrible. They had some awful play calls down at the goal line. And I'm more fired up about the Jaguars screwing it up than, you know, the Jets winning the game in overtime. Uh, but once I, it was going to be a tie, that stunk, stinks too because that's going to cost you. No, that would have been bad for everybody. Yeah, so, I mean, they won the game, but I'm not celebrating I, it. I don't understand this. You know what's happened here? I've turned into more of a Jet fan than you. Well, a matter of fact, in our weekly pick and pull that I listen. got bludgeoned in this week, I picked, I hate to even say it, I picked against my Jetsies, and I was still, in my heart, deep down, rooting for the Jets. And this is the difference between me and I think a, a, a lot of other other people and, and you know this is just the way I feel about all sports. I want to see a championship. I don't care about winning a game. I don't care. I've seen the Jets win well, eight games. I've seen happy. the Mets you know get to the World Series. I've seen you know the Jets make the playoffs. I've seen all that before. I want to see a championship. That's what it comes down no, to. So- and the best way for the Jets to win a championship is to stink it up this year and get a real quarterback. If the Jets somehow I'm not saying it's going to happen. They're not making a- the playoffs but this just, year. But just say that they did What's say- the best case scenario for the Jets, Sal? I, I know that, but just say that they did. Say they went eight and eight or nine and seven and somehow made the playoffs. They didn't that's- make it ten and six two years but ago. That's an exciting individual season. Season no, where you not. look back and say, you know Nine what? We, seven's not exciting. Pete, if you're looking to win a championship every year, I got news for you. You're going to be 
most won. miserable fan ever. I want one championship. They're not winning a championship That's this fine, year. But they're could, not building towards it right now take, until you fill that position. You could take some enjoyment in individual years. I look back at 2002 and it was one of my most fun years as a Falcons fan. You can look back to 2015 with the Mets or 99 for the Mets, which I thought was better than 2000. But you're still building towards something with those years. You're nah, making but, progress. Right now, there's no progress in football if you don't have that quarterback position filled. There's nothing else like it in sports. There's no other position like that. Maybe the NBA, if you don't have that superstar player, and there's a ceiling on what you can accomplish. And if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you have a ceiling. There, there's a, The NBA is a, a great a, only example. Only a certain amount of, 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 of progress you can make. The NBA is a great example because coming into the season, maybe three or four teams could win the championship. So you're telling every other team in the league, 26, how many teams in the NBA? 32, 30, whatever it is. 30. The rest, the 30. The rest of the teams in the league, they have no chance. Why even bother watching? Well, it's all about winning the championship. Some years it's not. Some years, it's as you said, it's building or rebuilding or seeing what you could do. Going on a run, trying to win a round in the postseason. For the Jets, it's about building, moving forward, having a competitive team. And if you could surprise some people in a year where you weren't expected to win a game, Sal, I think that's fine. Sal, the Jets go 6-10 this year. That's the best they could do. Josh McCown is solid. What? He holds out next year, bring him back for $12 million, no, and then stink no, again. No, it's not about McCown. And never uh, draft eighth and... No, you know, go, take some cornerback or a tackle go get and, a and not fix anything. No, you you, you have a, a season here where you have two potential franchise quarterbacks in the draft. This is the year to be bad. I'm not saying be bad any given well, maybe, year and hope somebody's there. There are two guys that should be there at the top of the draft that are franchise quarterbacks. If there's a year to do this... It's now. Who's to say five and eleven can't get you to close enough to trade up and get that one of the top two? Well, now picks. you're giving up other things in the future. Oh, I'd rather just stink this year. Five wins doesn't do anything. That, I'm not excited about yesterday. But unless you how went, would you as a fan can you root against went, your team? Unless you went to the game yesterday, there's nothing good about that win yesterday. How excited could you be about it? Well, I mean, you could have bet on it too. But how, <laughs> how could, as a fan, how do you have it deep down inside you? I can understand. It's the awkward. Surface. It's weird. At the end of the year, you want to see the stats. They're fine. We're going to lose anyway. Give me a two and four top two picks, something like that. But when you're in the heat of the moment, like you said, rooting against the Dolphins, that's in you as a Jet fan. Trying to win a game at home against a lowly Jaguars, that should be in you. You want to win those games. It was in me two weeks ago. Uh, Yesterday, it was not in me. I was not happy that they won. This is the first time I've ever been unhappy that the Jets win a game. But that's where we are because it's not the best path to a championship for them. 800-321-0710. Uh, we'll play a little What's Worse. We're going to do this every night, 820 in the sports zone. So we'll get Baboots in here. Uh, he always wants to get involved. He's been agitated with me. We're around each other too much during Mets season. So uh, we'll see what Baboots has in store when we come back. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Salicata on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. Now more of the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Sal, we were talking about my Jets fandom yeah. earlier, and I had the the worst insult. But Boots gave me the worst insult you could give a Jets fan, where like classless or annoying or you know all those things. Like I'll, I'll accept those, but a smug. Jets fan? How does such a thing exist? I, I can't be smug as a Jets fan. I've, I've never had the right to do that. All right, let me ask you this. Would you consider yourself at times a smug individual? At times, sure. Mm. But never as a Jets fan. Not that part of me. So- You're being a smug <laughs> Pete McCarthy. That would make sense. A smug <laughs> Jets fan. One of those has never existed. It was yesterday. I almost broke the glass down in the studio. I was going to throw something at you. 
You were, well, you were angered with the performance of your Big Blue. Yes, I was very angry. Also, I was trying to explain why the Giants' defense was underperforming. Why did you say? Well, because the first three games, if anyone watched them, the you field would know one. they were on the field the entire game. So what happened yesterday? And you're saying, well, they don't have any interceptions. <laughs> All right, well, they're on the field the entire game. They have a ton of sacks. And they have some of the best cover corners in the game. What happened yesterday? And they are a good unit. They... they they were only on the field for 26 minutes, and they blew a yesterday. fourth quarter <laughs> lead for the third time. The field was in bad shape Are you from the torrential downpours. No, yesterday they didn't play well, but this was before yesterday's game. Uh, yeah, analyzing the first three games, they played one game without Jenkins, which, mm-hmm. oh, you were like, oh, no big deal. Uh, Jenkins no, is a big deal. He's got to be there. You he's, should know from having Darrell Revis. Well, it's about, just, you, weren't, you weren't accepting any of the reasons why they were underperforming. They were underperforming. And you were acting smug Pete McCarthy, smug Jet fan, whatever you want to call it, you were being a jerk. Smug and Pete I wasn't McCarthy. taking any of it. Well, you got to <laughs> acknowledge they haven't performed well. I mean, you were trying to make the case that they no, had no, played you well. You said they're a bad defense. They've been a bad they defense. They are not this year. a bad defense. They're they have been underperforming. They're talented. They are not a bad defense. But they've been they're bad. a very good defense. When they're playing at their best, they're one of the best top three defenses in the NFL. Year. Well, they were so, they were a year ago. They need to get back there. Before we move on, are you ready to put the nail in the Giants' coffin this year? Absolutely. I did it oh, okay. on Friday night. Okay, I, said, I, I, I knew they were gonna lose. To Tampa. Yeah. Okay. He didn't even have the game on. Because you liked them during Sunday. you liked him against the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, no. You loved him against the Lions Monday night. Yes. And did you like him against the no. Eagles? Okay. So you knew it was over then. Yes. Oh and four, it's officially done. Yes. Okay. Me, coming from you, that means something. And I also I also predicted this the day after they let Tom Coughlin go and they signed Ben McAdoo. Big they, they you are not they, and then Mara had the audacity to say, this is a new era in Giants football. No, it's not. You kept the GM. You promoted the offensive coordinator, who has been a disaster. He is awful. His game management, on and off the field, a total mess. Doesn't know how to use timeouts. I mean, yesterday, against Tampa, the Giants are driving third and one. They have the worst offensive line in the NFL, and you want to try and pound it up the middle? And, of course, they went a yard backwards and kicked the field goal. The, the he has no clue. Shorts. And then he goes for it on fourth down, which I generally like the aggressiveness of. But when you have no offensive line and it's fourth and two, fourth and three, you're not picking those off. Two-point conversions, all those things. You can't pick up short yard situations. They're better off being third and eight than third and three, third and one, the way that they're set up. They made a big mistake with the handling of the Coughlin. I, I wouldn't, I'm not saying they should have kept Coughlin, but they should have cleaned house. Reese had to go, Coughlin had to go, and they should have let the new GM hire a new head coach, not named Ben McAdoo. One of the biggest... Uh, mistreatments in recent memory is the fact that the Giants were they lost that that last season of Coughlin they were losing those games late in the game mm-hmm. by like two or three points and they had an awful defense then they let a guy like Coughlin go and spend a hundred million dollars on the defense well if you're going to do that just keep McAdoo as the offensive coordinator and let Coughlin who hadn't really lost Beckham was a problem he's been a problem for McAdoo right. too but he still had a lot of respect to those players in that locker room nobody respects this McAdoo guy and please with the Gordon Bombay <laughs> haircut I mean stop stop oh, I just hate everything about him <laughs> <laughs> Big Blue, oh, 2017, go right from the Mets to the Giants, oh, Baboots. That's great. That is yeah, great. brutal. I mean, there's no sports season for me. At least I- you got the Yankees. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why? You're a Yankee. Yeah, you're fan. you're more of a Yankee fan than I am. I mean, uh, the pride and purity of Salakata and the pinstripes. I already got a piece uh pinstripe t-shirt on here. I respect a good baseball team. Yankees are a good ball club. Let's go, Irvin Santana. Let's go, Twins, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, I'm rooting for the Twinkies. I uh I you know, I like the two fifty or whatever it is, plus two. Hey, listen, the twins 
could be a good example for what the Mets are going through. Lost 100 games last year. Back in the playoffs this year. Let's go. Uh, All right, anyway. Let's go. (laughs) I do have – go ahead, Mark. W-O-R Sports Zone. For God's sakes, don't make it any worse. What's worse? Speaking of smug disasters, LeVar Ball (laughs) is back in the news. Mm. You remember him. Uh, He has decided that LaMelo, who is his younger son, LeVar's younger brother, uh, he's going to pull him out of high school, and he's going to homeschool him. And he has an issue with the coach at Chino Hills. It's a new coach coming in. And he said, quote, this is to the LA Times, I'm not dealing with the coach over there. I'm not dealing with the administration over there. I don't want no distractions on Melo. So therefore, I'm going to homeschool him and make him the best basketball player ever. It's a new coach, and I don't like him one bit. He's on track for UCLA, but he doesn't have to be dealing with those knuckleheads. So, LeVar pulling okay. LaMelo out of school to make him the best basketball player. And so he doesn't have to be an amateur anymore, and they can, he's already got shoes, right? Well, if he wants to go to college, he still has to maintain amateur status. He wouldn't go to school. He wouldn't go to college. He's going to get Well, pulled. he just said he's still on track for UCLA and intends to sign is this, a commitment there. This is the baller, bland, uh, baller yeah, brand big baller, homeschooled? Big, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like Trump University. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> There is a precedent (laughs) of professional athletes uh, (laughs) staying at home. One who's recently been in the news. I mean, wouldn't it be great if LaMelo Ball turned out to be Michael Beasley, who was homeschooled. Oh, my goodness. And uh, and now a member of the New York Knicks. So, I mean, that's what you have to look forward to. Beasley. I mean, have you seen some of this stuff? No. Talking, uh, he's he just said I think recently that his talent. If they're talking about pure talent, he's on par with Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Talking about how wow. good the Knicks are going to be this well, year. Well, he was the number two overall pick, right? I mean, he had a lot of talent, uh, but he's he's never been close to those guys. I saw his reaction to the uh, the NCAA scandals and saying, you know, something along the lines of, "How do you think I ended up in Manhattan, Kansas?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you think I, that's pretty funny. You guys are just catching yeah. on to all this. Uh, it was pretty good about it. Uh, well, funny. Blake Griffin was also homeschooled, as well as Jason Taylor, uh, and more notably, Tim Tebow. Interesting. So, I mean, look, it can work, but if you're talking about uh, what I trust, Lavar, no, <laughs> is it which one? Which one's the father? Lavar Ball. Lavar yeah. is the father. If I would, would I trust Lavar Ball to properly school um, his own son? I would say Doesn't no. Doesn't matter. I and mean, the kid's gonna go to the NBA. He's his dad's gonna be running his you know financials probably. I mean, what is? Well, what does he have the benefit well, with school learned... besides from a social perspective? Well, yeah, well, that's a big perspective though, yeah. especially when you're talking about getting along with teammates. Now, what kind of team is he gonna play for? Is he just play for? You know, the local. Uh, I guess I'll play rec, rec yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are competitive travel teams. There he are could probably there, get enough experience that he won't miss much not playing high school ball. But it it, it would be a, certainly a different environment. Seems like a real great kid. There's a, a recent video of him dunking on some poor guy and then standing over him, hovering him like. Uh, well, oh, it, it, I believe he's the one who scored what eighty ninety two points. Ninety two points. He took every shot in that game. How does and that even just happen? Absolutely ball hogged the whole thing. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. He's going to be a selfish, you know what? But and I what's not interesting want him anywhere near my team. is the oldest son is Alonzo. He's had a lot of success with the Lakers in preseason, and he's a dynamic passer. He's a tremendous passer, and uh, that's going to be the big thing to watch from him. But he seems like he's able to share and. Um, yeah, I, I don't know enough about them personality-wise to read more into it than that. 
But one is the distributor, and the youngest one, I guess, is just the ball hog scorer and isn't looking to, to move the ball around a whole well, lot. Now and he, now this is the one who's going to be at home. He has the whole court to himself now because he has no team. Now, right. it, now it's interesting. LeVar is such a big personality that when he's done the interviews with Lonzo, Lonzo disappears. Uh, but I'll be curious to see more of LaMelo and how his personality, maybe he's more like his dad and that big time kind Seems of Seems that way just from things on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, he'll be hated immediately. I mean, he's probably hated now, but the bigger he gets, the more he'll be hated. All right, 800 We're going to have uh, Ken Dashow, Q104 coming up. Uh, and, you know, obviously Tom Petty, uh, some uh, rough health news for him today. Uh, so we'll get into that with Ken and uh, and talk about, you know, what Tom Petty has meant uh, to to rock music over the years. Uh, this is the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Now, I love some Tom Petty, Sal. And, uh, you know, the reports were earlier today that, that Tom Petty had died. Those reports are apparently wrong. Uh, he is reportedly on life support now. Uh, and we welcome in Ken Dashow, Q104. And, and Ken, I, I mean, following this all day, what, uh, what has it been like over these last few hours with those, you know, you, you can't be messing up when, you know, somebody's still uh, alive with, with these kinds of things. It's unbelievable to me, guys. I'm actually, I was off today. I'm at, in Staten Island doing a benefit for the uh, St. George Theater, which I love. And I'm playing with a bunch of police officers, and they're saying how specific we are in New York about how nobody is declared dead until there's a specific, there's a death certificate. There's got to be a medical examiner, a doctor, a name. It goes to a policeman. It's investigated. Is there foul play? Is there not? It doesn't matter if it's a rock star or a plumber. We do this very specifically. How could you accidentally report someone's dead? There are crazy situations like last night in Las Vegas where there are wild reports because no one knows what's going on. But someone's dead or they're not dead. How could four and a half hours later, after you've released information that a man is dead, say, we're not sure about that? That's insane to me. No, it is. And uh, I'm sure... Um... You know, it's great. I mean, the number of people, you know, put an outpouring of uh, emotion and, and many people very upset about uh, the idea of Tom's death. And, and I suppose, um, you know, what do you know about how he's doing now? He's on life support uh, from what I can tell, you know, just uh, float around on Twitter for a few minutes. But the, the only thing we can confirm is that he had a massive heart attack last night in Malibu in his home. He was taken to the hospital. He's in ICU, and he has been on life support. And, you know, you would think that this is some small island in the Pacific where it doesn't have any sort of great communication that they send information by carrier pigeon. But you would think a definitive statement could come out from the hospital stating exactly whether he is alive or dead would happen. Do I think there's a chance for a recovery? I guess there is, as long as he's alive. But in reality, this is just insane. This is the craziest day. Uh, you know, this is, they haven't gotten the wrong person, as far as I know. Maybe in two hours we'll find out it wasn't Tom Petty. <laughs> I, 
I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad, but now you question everything that you've heard. It's just the whole thing is a tragedy, and how it's handled is just miserable. Yeah, and let's hope uh, somehow he does come out of it. We're talking with Ken Dashow, Q104.3, uh, about the health status of Tom Petty. Ken, was this, I mean, did this come out of nowhere? Has he been in bad health for several years here? Uh, I, I don't know that no, uh, enough about Tom Petty, uh, but tell me if he was in bad health, or this kind of was a shock to everybody coming out of nowhere. Yeah, this was an absolute shock. Um, when I saw him this past year, did I think he looked healthy necessarily? No, I've seen him look better, but there were no rumors about any health issues. And, you know, at 66 years old, uh, is it possible that a heart attack sneaks up on you? Yes, you know, sadly it is. It's it's part of our daily life. He had just completed this incredible 40th anniversary tour, three sold-out shows at the Hollywood Bowl, he had just played last Monday, and he was an original part of, I think, his magic is that this boy from Gainesville, Florida, never chased the sound. He never went disco or techno. He never tried to do anything that wasn't him. He just wrote songs that he loved and played his music, and if you liked it, that's great, and if it wasn't cool, well, that was fine, too. I'm just going to play what I love, write what I love, and come see me or don't come see me. What were your interactions? Uh, what have they been like with Tom? Uh, I'm very lucky to have seen him at the at the Bob Dylan 30th anniversary show, and he loved he loved music and he loved hanging out. He loved being part of the crowd. The thing that bonded for us is the Beatles. When he saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, he said, "I always loved music, but when I saw that, that's what I knew." I'm going to play music. That's what I'm going to play. So we could talk about the Beatles all night long. And he said to me once, you know, what's the most popular song that I have that you play on the radio? And I said, oh, easy, Refugee. Of of the 20, 30 songs that are huge hits, it'll always be Refugee. And Tom said, right. And that's not as good as any song the Beatles ever wrote. And that's how we talked about the Beatles. Talking with Ken Dashow, Q104.3, about Tom Petty. Ken, you know, for me, now I'm 38, um, so I'm not exactly sure. I know Tom Petty was, you know, doing his thing, I guess, in the 70s was where he was really popular. But for me, I remember him and the Mary Jane video in the 90s. And that was a yep. that was a big time uh, that was a big time video back then. Uh how big of an impact or or I don't know if it was a resurgence in his career but bringing in a younger audience maybe at that time in the 90s with that particular video and that particular song. How how big was that in his career? Oh, I I think it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Reinforced where I am this evening. Uh, doing this benefit to the St. George Theater on Staten Island. It was a, a golf and tennis outing. We're at the Richmond County Country Club, and everyone younger than me who's your age, Sal and Pete, for you guys, all know it from the video of the Alice in Wonderland video and eating cake and, the Mad, and he's mm. playing the Mad Hatter. So here he is. He does reach into the video generation, into the MTV world, but he does it on his terms. I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to have background singers. We're going to tell a surreal psychedelic story as if, oh, I don't know, John Lennon, about make a video about what this song is. And when you think about the song, it is he broke out in the 70s and 76. This is the antithesis of the, of the techno Euro rock music that was coming out in the early 80s. And it's everything he wrote had that slow southern Gainesville, Florida we're not rushing. We're just having a good time. And let me tell you a story. 
Last dance for Mary Jane. I feel summer closing in. And it was a mood. It was an attitude. When you went to a Tom Petty show, just like his fellow Georgia Floridians, the Allman Brothers, just settle back, relax. It's shorts and a T-shirt. You don't have to put product in your hair to come to a Tom Petty show. Yeah, and uh, you think about, you know, take a little off topic, but the the perfect background song for the Mets past season. I mean, it's got to be free-falling, right? (laughs) You're absolutely right. It just... You know, I still haven't quite recovered, and you know, to send Terry Collins, uh, you know, out of the out of the manager's seat, and okay, they got a front office job, and yet to throw some dirt on him is just such a classless thing to do. Whether it's front office or players, are so proud of David Wright for standing mm-hmm. up and saying, "How dare anybody do it?" He didn't name names, but as he said, you have a problem with somebody, you go right to their face and say to the manager what you think. It's just such a classless way of doing it for a guy who gave seven years and you scream and yell about his substitution patterns and who he yells. That's sports. That's what makes us a fan. But what this guy did to keep his chin up and keep his energy up with some terrible teams, then get us to the World Series and get us to the playoffs with nothing, and then to deal with a season like this, to me, hats off. Thank you, Terry Collins, for doing such a great job for what you had. Now, it's a shame how that uh, final week played out for Terry Collins, but now uh, Mets will try to, to sort that out. But uh, Ken Dashow, Q104.3. Ken, we, we appreciate you clearing it up, all of the uh, the misinformation that's been flying around about Tom Petty. Yeah, do I, you know, do I hope and pray that somehow there's a miracle and he's going to come back? Yes. Do I expect it? No. I don't know if he's passed or not or if on life support, but the music he has left us lasts forever. When you talk about what classic rock is to me, it's not oldies, it's not of its time. It's really timeless. The songs that he was singing, like the Beatles, it just reflects an intimacy, whether you're a teenager or a young adult, think of you're so bad. What an opening line. It's one of my favorite opening lines in rock and roll. My sister got lucky, married a yuppie, took him for all that he's worth. Now that's a place to start us off. <laughs> Ken Dashow, always a pleasure. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, guys. I'm always a big fan. And, of course, uh, we appreciate that. And, of course, we're a big fan of Ken as well. You can hear him uh, afternoons on Q104.3 FM, or sister station here in New York City. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Some highlights from the weekend. Some things that made us smile. In Sal's case, made him frustrated. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll sort out and, uh, you know, have some fun with that when we come back. Sports Zone, Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Oh, I love this song. Yeah, it's a favorite of yours. You know who this is? <laughs> I don't. Am I supposed to? Come on, dude. You got to know who who sings the song. You curse. You know who this is, right? Yeah, this is Rihanna, right? Yeah, Pete. Come on. I, I just hear this as a bet on the show all the time. Keisha. It's a sports zone show. Sports zone song. <laughs> Keisha. Keisha. And that one ready to go, huh? <laughs> All right, so we're going to try something different tonight. The weekend is done, right? It's Monday. We, we kind of reflect a little bit. And, and I want to ask, you know, what was good this weekend? What was good? What made you feel something this weekend? So we'll go around. We all, we all got a little something, something to Does share. Does it have to be something good? Because I felt something. I don't know if it's uh, good. You, you don't know any emotion except anger. So <laughs> I guess we'll true. have to settle for that from Sal. Uh, but, but Boots, you, you want to start us off here? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the good thing for me this weekend was watching the Team United States dominate the internationals in the President's Cup and having the honor of having, for the first time ever, having the sitting president present them the trophy in Jersey City at Liberty National yesterday. Well, you went on Thursday, right? I was there on Thursday. I got burnt. I didn't wear a hat. Uh, but I got to see up close and personal all my favorite golfers, the great youth movement, uh, and then some of the great old guys like Tiger and Phil and so Ernie what's Els. your strategy? I've never gone to like a big golf event. Do you sit at one mm. hole and watch everybody come through? No. Did you follow somebody? Amateur move to sit at one hole. You you could find the spot. Like we, we set it up perfectly. This is also different than most golf tournaments because it's a limited field. There's only five groups playing at a time. So essentially only five holes are occupied at one time. Mm-hmm. So you go... Walk the course with one group for a few holes, and then you figure out, like, we posted up at the 11th hole, and we watched all five groups come through 11, and then we met them back again at 16, 17, and 18. Right, so you got it down to a science. You, yeah, you I'm an avid golf time. fan, and I like golf, so, and that's what happened. You enjoyed That was what was good, because it certainly wasn't the Giants this week. Uh, Mark Wiener, <laughs> what, what was good? Smug the again, huh? <laughs> Well, all sports were terrible this weekend, so I'm going to go with the concert I went to last night. You're both going to mock me for it. All three of you are probably going to mock me for it. But Ed Sheeran puts on a darn good show. A darn good show? Oh, come on, producer Mark. Right, I expect listen, better, than, better he, than this. He does it all by himself, so it's a one-man show, Sal. That's I'm not impressive. saying he's impressive, but this is what the highlight of your weekend was? Ed Sheeran? It wasn't the Giants, and it wasn't the Mets, so what else was it going to be? Hey, there's got to be something else going on in your life. I think we know something who's else had to make you smile. I think we Ed know Sheeran. who's in control of producer Mark's relationship. <laughs> or Bordock yeah, Mark. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, think... you don't want me to talk about the D2 soccer game I called on Saturday, do you? Oh, nice. So that's something good, though. I didn't know that. You were doing play-by-play for soccer? I was. It was terrible. I hate soccer, Sal. <laughs> don't say that if you want to get more jobs. Yeah, Bordock seriously. Mark. Come on, we got a team. By the way, Sal Licata, who is a world-renowned Justin Bieber fan, is going to take a shot at Mark for going to see Ed Sheeran? Come on. No, but to say it's the the highlight of Can Justin Bieber perform a concert with his feet with a synthesizer? A what? He uses his feet? Like uh, Tom Hanks? He has these pedals in front of him, so he'll play a chord on the guitar, hit the pedal, and then it'll just repeat while he plays the song. Yeah. It's impressive to watch. Um, well, producer uh, Bordot Mark, I get confused because when I'm with him on the off days, he's producer mm-hmm. Mark. Today, he's Bordot Mark. He made me think of something positive, actually, that happened. Oh, you had something uh, that made you happy, something that was good. Yes, something that was great, as a matter of fact. My Columbia Lions beat the Princeton Tigers down in Princeton to start the year 3-0 for the first time since 1996. Princeton's the last, the reigning Ivy League championship, uh, the Ivy League champion. Uh, Columbia hasn't won three games in a combined probably five seasons. I mean, when you look back over the last mm. five years or so. So credit to Al Bagnoli, who was in year three of that program, getting those kids to believe in themselves, play hard, and they played an awesome game. I was following it uh, through Twitter, and that made me happy this weekend. That was well, the one thing that really made me happy. What do you think? Are they a, a Jets 2-2 two and two or a Patriots 2-2 two and two going forward from here? I know they're 3-0. Oh. Right. They are – no, I think this year they're legit. I don't think they're going to win the league yet this year. But I think they're going to have the most wins that they've had, maybe ever. Uh, well, not ever, because I mean, go back to the you know beginning of the very time. long time. Yeah, exactly. Modern era, but but certainly in my lifetime. Oh, all right. And uh, th- this is what was good to me this weekend. <laughs> it came back all these years. And we had Larry David curb your enthusiasm. And it was up against a terrible Sunday night football game that I didn't want to watch. It's perfect. Now, did you watch it live with Rhonda? Yes. 
Yes. Watched it live. Uh, watching my fiance Rhonda. And it, wa- it wasn't the best. It was a meh, you know, curb, but it's it got to set everything up for the whole season. You know, there's a lot of work to do in that that first episode, typically. It was the setup episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. You thought it was on par, though, for all the curbs, no? Uh, yeah, I would say it's on par. It's just not a classic, right? I mean, there's such a buildup where you want a, a classic curb. That's not one that I'm going to go back and watch many, many times. Now, let me ask you this. Foist. Foisted, <laughs> Foist. uh, the name of the episode. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Let me ask you this. Why do you even have to watch it? Uh, I mean, the Sunday night game, who cares? Seahawks and the hapless cult. But normally, you could just watch it whenever you want. I waited six years. I wanted to watch yeah, it last night. Okay. And, and anyway, Sunday night's kind of the big TV night because HBO at 10 o'clock, there's always something. Mm. I mean, there's always a great show on at, at that time. So I'm just kind of accustomed to that being a sit on the couch, bake some popcorn, and take in some, some good TV. I like it. What's yeah. your best HBO 10 o'clock show? Do you have a favorite? Ever? Eh, you can go ever. I mean, we're talking the Sopranos in the mix. Oh, Sopranos would be your number that, one? That, that probably number one. No, that yeah. would be Baboot's number one. I don't think there's any doubt about that for Tough him. to beat that, but there are a lot of good ones. I mean, I love Game of Thrones. I love them all, So, I, but Sopranos is number one. Yeah, that spot is just unbelievable. Yeah, even Silicon Valley. I'm I not into enjoy. that. I think Sopranos was on at 9, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. But my favorite 10 o'clock HBO show was Eastbound and Down. That oh, was great. I Kenny Powers. That. No, was that they had ten o'clock and was it ten thirty? I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain it was a ten o'clock. Right. Kenny Powers is good. And then of course, Entourage. do you watch Vice Principal, which what? is the new Denny McBride? It was on last night at ten thirty. Is it any good? I tried watching. A I little don't think bit I could it. watch it because I've seen Danny McBride play the same character so much. It seems like more of the same. Entourage was at ten o'clock. No? Yeah, Entourage yeah. is great. I like that one. You never seen Entourage, have you, Pete? No, I watched Entourage. Oh, right. Veep is that a? 10? But I would I not know. go back and watch Entourage again. Right, me neither. It, it, it had its time. And no, the movie ruined it. The movie was awful, and that ruined it for me. Sopranos I've watched probably three times over, and really? I watch it again. Yeah, I Same. No, I, I've never watched Sopranos. Should I watch that? Is that a show you You've would recommend? You've never seen it? No. We went over watched. this. Oh, my God. Get Frank somebody Vincent else died. to fill in tomorrow. I can't. <laughs> are you kidding neither me? Neither have I, Sal. Well, I got, I'm catching up on Game of Thrones right now, but Sopranos might come up next. Because they, they teased that. it's uh, They remastered it and put it out on HBO Ghost. Now I can rewatch the show. But, uh... That'll do it for tonight. I have a homework assignment, apparently. Yes, Sal and I please. will be back tomorrow for Mark Wiener, Joe Boots, Kersey. I'm Pete McCarthy. Enjoy your evening.